Well, some shocking celebrity news today. He was arguably the creator of our first taste of reality television and former mayor of Cincinnati. Jerry Springer has passed away at the age of 79 years old. And we're, we're going to have a discussion about the impact that his show specifically had on media and even entertainment as we know it today. Our guest is the assistant professor in the Department of Arts, Culture and Media at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Dr. Aidan Moyer is joining us. Dr. Moyer, thanks so much for the time. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm, I'm glad to kind of dive into this a little bit because I think people hear Jerry Springer and they, they sort of roll their eyes and think about this, you know, really just this this show that was so outlandish and crazy and manufactured and trashy. And, and I think he he had a bigger impact than we may realize. Right, Aiden? Absolutely. It's really funny because last night, uh, just before I was going to bed, I was doing my you know, late night scroll of TikTok, as I'm sure many of us <laughs> do as well. And I came across a video um, from Maury Povick's, Maury Povick's TikTok account. He just posted, I think, the other day, um, joking that he would come out of retirement if there's another big epic celebrity feud. And I got distracted by looking at the high level of engagement and likes on that particular video people joking oh you know i'd love to see an episode about matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson and these rumors that they're actually brothers happening and i went to bed thinking wow like i can't believe after all these years the style of scandal and intrigue that springer helped really popularize in the mainstream media is still we're still the spectacle of it is still enchanting and then i woke up this morning to the news that he had passed away but he was a very very complex persona uh, I know before I came on, I could hear the radio segment about his career in politics. And we often forget that he had a completely different persona before the mid-90s. He was inspired as a kid hearing John F. Kennedy speak. He went to Northwestern to get his law degree. He worked for Robert F. Kennedy as a political advisor for his presidential campaign in the late 1960s. Um, after he was assassinated, Kennedy, he worked um Springer worked, had a very successful law career in Cincinnati before he entered politics to become the mayor of Cincinnati. He continued working as a very respected journalist in Cincinnati. He was award-winning Emmy Regional award-winning journalist in Cincinnati before the Jerry Springer show. And then the first two years of the Jerry Springer show was remarkably different from what we know of it today, as you mentioned. It was a very hard-hitting program. He talked about political issues of poverty and homelessness, gun control. He had guests on like um, Reverend Jesse Jackson, for instance. He talked about education. So, And it did not do well. And that was why he had to make that change was because the ratings were suffering. He was not getting advertising dollars. So in order to maintain his shows, like to bring in the ratings, to bring in the audiences, to get that advertising revenue, he had to do a rebranding. So the persona that we know of of Jerry Springer today was something that really came about due to that need to attract viewers to his program to bring in advertising revenue. And that was the persona that stuck. That was the persona that made him so successful in the mainstream. So he's a really interesting example of the, the needs that figures often experience in having to shift based upon you know, public demand, based upon the the organizational structure of the media industry itself. Yeah, leaning into what the people want. I, that's fascinating to think of, of how it made such a swerve, you know, from hard-hitting journalism 
journalism to, I think spectacle is the word you used, and that's exactly what it was. It was truly a spectacle. You know, these really, these crazy manufactured just situations that that were so such low-hanging fruit in such a big way. I wonder if he was ever able to take it seriously, or if he just kind of had fun with the fact that it was it was a wild roller coaster. Yeah, that's a really good question. And the changes that he made to the show in the mid-90s, and it's important to remember, too, that that was the style of programming that he helped to popularize in the 90s. But that talk show format, that spectacle, he brought in a lot of the characteristics that came from, say, wrestling, for instance, that were really in the subculture, um, that type of showdown that happened, um, like the boxing fight that would be in the program. And he added all of these storylines that we were so intrigued by about incest and adultery and cheating and um, that really attracted audiences but so much of the exaggeration and spectacle of the program borrowed from these other genres that weren't completely yet in the mainstream they were on the sort of counterculture subculture but he brought them into the mainstream and really helped to popularize this model of talk tv that was so dominant in the 1990s we often forget too that when oprah started at this time frame right we think of oprah as being a very serious talk show but she also kind of dabbled in the the style she often has psychics and ghost whispers and that type of um kind of spectacle talk tv as well and then she did a a very drastic shift to the oprah that we know of today so we often think of jerry springer as being unique in this style but it was very much a style that he helped to popularize in the 90s that was really attracting audiences yeah and i'm glad that you mentioned oprah because it really was a time when you know the daytime tv talk show was a giant not only was he competing with Oprah, but there was Jenny Jones, um, Ricky Lake, Sally would have been kind of a part of that at the same time. You mentioned Maury. I mean, those shows were were something that really the public, I think, latched onto and then just went wild for. The Jerry Springer show, for example, lasted for 20 years. I mean, something really worked. And then he went on to have a podcast after that, too. So, I mean, he really found success with this formula. Yeah, absolutely. And audiences became, it helped to naturalize the style of spectacle and humiliation and seeing, you know, these everyday individuals, right? They weren't celebrities on these talk shows. They were, you know, everyday individuals that could be our neighbors, that could be people we interact with at the grocery store. And I think that's part of the appeal is just the everyday ordinariness of the people who were involved in these that were being um, exaggeratedly performed on the program. And we see this carrying over to reality television. So the Jerry Springer show and the style of daytime talk show, humiliation TV, helped to normalize the style of humiliation that we see happening with reality TV. So it helped to really normalize the style of programming that we continue to engage in in terms of reality TV, but we also see as well on social media, the way that public shaming on TikTok, the way that um, various scandals can circulate through TikTok and social media. This all we can trace back to the legacy of this style of daytime talk show that Jerry Springer really helped to normalize in the mainstream culture. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We always credit Survivor as being the first reality TV show, and I disagree with that. I think that it was probably Jerry Springer and this formula of pulling the curtain back and seeing something just absolutely crazy that you believed to be real, which 
I'm sure in any of these situations, none of it was real and it was com- it was all completely manufactured, but arguably that's the way the reality TV works today in to a large degree. I want to touch on this just a little bit more with you, Dr. Moyer, but we do have to take a very short break. So if you just bear with me, we'll get back into this conversation talking about the effect Jerry Springer had on media and our entertainment culture today. Our guest is the assistant professor in the Department of Arts, Culture and Media at the University of Toronto Scarborough, Dr. Aidan Moyer. We'll be back in three minutes. We're talking about the effect Jerry Springer had on media, whether you watched the show, whether you liked it, whether you absolutely hated it. The Jerry Springer show ran for 27 seasons and was an absolute giant when it came to tabloid television. He's passed away now at the age of 79, and we're talking about his impact with assistant professor in the Department of Arts, Culture and Media at the University of Toronto Scarborough, Dr. Aidan Moyer. Dr. Moyer, thank you so much for sticking around and hold. Really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm just looking at some of the titles of Jerry Springer's shows over the years. Uh, A woman in labor confronts mistress. I'm pregnant by my brother. (laughs) I married a horse. I'll stop being gay for you. Like these are just (laughs) absolute crazy storylines. And he himself said that he felt he felt pretty guilty for it too. He says that he he feels though he that he has ruined the culture, ruined the culture of Americans and TV as well. Do you think that the impact that that show had on the type of entertainment that we seek out even now today, do you think that we're better or worse off for it? Good question. Uh, it definitely taps in to those binaries of, you know, disgust and repulsion, but also complete wonder and enchantment. Like you want to look away, but you can't help but keep watching. Um, and if you probably were flicking daytime TV at the time when the show was on for 27 seasons, which when you said that out loud, I thought, oh my gosh, it really was 27 new seasons. Uh, but you would stop for a second because you it was hard not to watch. And those are those sort of binaries that, that draw us into the show public humiliation has been around you know since the beginning of civilization it was, the public humiliation was happening long before jerry springer came on tv with the jerry springer show so the the foundations of what he was doing has always existed when you think of the tabloids for instance right that's just another type of this type of, of activity happening in tabloid magazines but he helped to bring it into the mainstream um so i don't know if we could i don't know whether to say it if we're better or worse i think he's continued he brought something in that really registered with the public that sort of always existed. Yeah. And then we're seeing it intensify with reality television. Um, the way that we watch American Idol or So You Can Think You Can Dance or Big Brother or Survivor, as you mentioned, and the joy and pleasure we see in seeing ordinary people get humiliated on the program. Um, and we continue to see this happening on TikTok and on social media for the first time. We have a role in getting to help this circulate, right? We can stitch and duet um, and add on to public humiliation in a way that we couldn't really do when the Jerry Springer show was happening. You could be in the audience and involved by, you know, screaming and applauding and and participating as an audience member or participating as a viewer. But social media definitely takes this public humiliation that... Springer helped to normalize in the mainstream to another another level. I think the public humiliation comment is one that's really it's really apt because that's what I think so much of the time you know we're we're looking for our entertainment to provide to us whether we are intentional about that or not. Do you do you feel that there's maybe been a little bit of a shift in the sense that back when Jerry the Jerry Springer show was 
was new and had you know was a ratings giant it was it was showing us regular people no one from a from a glamorous background in any way whereas now it feels like so many of the shows are the exact opposite where we're seeing a quote-unquote real situations of really affluent really rich lux- luxurious lifestyles so do you feel like there's been a little bit of a of a shift in terms of who we want to watch be publicly humiliated yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point. Um, and the ordinariness of the individuals who were featured on the Jerry Springer show kind of tapped into people's fears, right? They tapped into those anxieties and panics and made you feel better thinking, oh, you know, thank goodness I'm not you know, in that situation. Like I have things in my life isn't perfect, but at least I'm not there. Um, and then there's also that voyeuristic pleasure that happens with reality TV and seeing people who we think are successful, celebrities, those who are might be in a more affluent position than we are. There's that voyeuristic pleasure that we receive in seeing those individuals get humiliated on reality television programs, right? Finally getting their comeuppance, for instance. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I do agree with you. That's a great point to raise there about the shift um, that we see in the contestants on reality television, sort of gravitating away from the ordinariness of the Springer Springer show to, uh, to more celebrities being featured. Yeah, and I think our our society's desire to be one of those celebrities, I think that has probably grown over the years. Absolutely. Again, for the for the better or the worse. Dr. Boyer, thank you so much for sharing your great perspective on this. Really appreciate the conversation this afternoon. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for having me on. Of course. Take care. Dr. Aidan Moyer is the assistant professor in the Department of Arts, Culture and Media at the University of Toronto, Scarborough, talking with the effect Jerry Springer had on media, arguably the, the architect of reality TV as we still enjoy it even today.